The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Hey, welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, certified health coach, and I work with moms to help them get control of their food cravings without deprivation or complicated meal plans. Hi, and I'm Mary Preston, a licensed marriage and family therapist, life coach, and the founder of the Goodbye Burnout for Healthcare Professionals program. And you should definitely come find us, the rest of the healthcare professionals. Well, we are all in the group. It's called Say yeah. Goodbye to Burnout Facebook group. A lot of good support in there. Lots of good questions. Lots of good answers. Um, if you have any questions about any of our programs at any point, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, um, easy place to come find us is the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Marion Kisa Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Or you can come find us on social media, do the Googling. I'm on the Facebook, the Instagram. Uh, I guess I have a Twitter account I just discovered the other day. Uh, so maybe I'm on there too. I don't know. You tell me. Um, Kisa's active. She's on the Facebook. She's on the Instagram. Yep. Find us. Look us up. Yeah. And guys, uh, join me for my five-day challenge each month where we cover a topic or issue that will help you lose your cravings. It's totally free to join. Just head on over to my website, kisaamaro.com and sign on up. It's so worth it. Go sign up. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about our topic of the day, which is why experiencing those negative emotions is completely worth it. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about those negative emotions and how much we end up missing out on because we're just like really busy avoiding painful, mm-hmm. emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to start out with, you know, when I was younger, I definitely received the message that I was not supposed to be unhappy not supposed to cry. I was told often to smile more, (laughs) (laughs) told to be friendlier. I was told to share, to appreciate what I had, right? A lot of messages about, um, my current feeling state just in general being all too grouchy. Mm. Um, I definitely learned to despise my tears and I hated that I cried easily. And so I, like a lot of folks who are like pretty sensitive, I learned to laugh instead of letting on that I was hurt or sad or angry. So I learned how to make jokes so no one would ever know that I was experiencing a negative emotion, right? Including myself. I was thinking about this earlier, right? Uh, a lot of times, I, I don't, I've met a lot of people like this, right? Where it's like something terrible happens and your first mm-hmm. response is to laugh. <laughs> this happens to yeah. me all the time. Oh, definitely. Where I'm like, oh, God, so sorry that like, Oh, I'm sorry. I laughed first. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Right. Like it's just, it's my initial reaction, which I, you know, thinking back, I learned because I was told that my initial emotions were, were not good enough. Right. They're not mm-hmm. what, what I was supposed to be feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I picked up a whole bunch of habits like most of us do. I ate a lot of food. I exercised obsessively never stopped moving or doing unless I was escaping into a book. So I wouldn't have to experience what I deemed to be unacceptable emotions. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of uh, people listening can relate to that. Um, 
you know, I to myself, like was, I think part of it was like, yeah, you don't, you're not supposed to feel, you're not supposed to be angry, especially as a girl, right? You're not supposed to be angry. You're not supposed to be mad. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not supposed to be sad, like cheer up all that. And so we never really learn like how to process those negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you turn to food or exercise or, I mean, now it's like social media, Netflix, you know, gambling, anything, yeah. right? Just yeah. to avoid. To avoid all of those things. we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> and, I, you know, just as you're speaking, thinking about, you know, it's also why I became such a people pleaser. I was really able to like, I call it chameleoning, right? <laughs> Can kind of blend into any crowd you know, yeah. cause you just, you just don't, you unlearn what you really think and feel. Mm-hmm. You end up taking on what other people think you should think and feel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're trying to, yeah, please those people. And then they're like, Oh, you know, like what, you know, how should I act around those people so I can make them mm-hmm. happy? Totally. Right. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to stand up and be angry, mm-hmm. you know, cause they'll judge me. Oh, um, of course. So, you know, it's this idea that feeling negative emotions means that something is wrong with you. And, you know, and this happens with a lot of different ideas, right? Since no one was being honest about their experience, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone was going around like lonely little islands, pretending to be happy, having it all together, right? It's the social media mm-hmm. thing where we're all like, look how happy I am running down the beach with my scarf flowing in the wind. <laughs> right? Right? Like... <laughs> That's my picture, right? That's my whole life, right? But really, Mm -hmm. most of the humans were suffering inside at, you know, different points. Yeah. So, but none of us were talking about it. And so it would seem to me, right, if I'm suffering negative emotions, but everybody else seems to be so happy and put together, then there must be something wrong with me. Right? What an unfortunate lesson we were all taught. It's terrible. Um, And then... You know, as I got older, I started to get the message that having negative emotions was normal, mm-hmm. right? Started to kind of like, oh, okay, you know, especially like the humans, they all have negative emotions. Um, but I still always had the idea that we were supposed to get rid of them in some way, right? Or like yeah. really reduce them dramatically. Mm-hmm. Like even though they were normal, it was like the like the wrong side of normal, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, right? Like however you want to say that, right? Like we have them, but we should all work together to get rid of them. Oh yeah. I totally agree. Um, and I feel like even when I was just starting like my, my health quest, so to speak, you know, I still thought that as far as like, you know, looking at like the whole health and like Mm -hmm. your mindset and that, yeah, like there are negative feelings out there, but like, how do we get rid of them? How do we be happy all the time? Mm -hmm. You know, like to me, that was kind of like at that, stage in my life that was like part of being healthy is just being happy right yeah and it's like that that very shallow version of positive psychology Mm. because it's actually much more in-depth than that right but everybody's Mm -hmm. like think positive yeah it's kind of a pretend Mm -hmm. think positive right but but saying that over and over like think positive like the negative shouldn't exist or that Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with the negative so that's what we're going to talk about today right And, you know, even as I moved through my master's degree in psychology, somehow I still like, I feel like I got the message that the whole point was to decrease negative emotional experience, Mm -hmm. like the whole DSM, right. Which is the, the diagnostic statistical manual, which is what, you know, psychologists use to 
give you to find your diagnosis, right? So that your insurance company will, will pay your therapist or your doctor. Um, it is very much written in a problem-based model, right? So you're having, it's like negative emotions and how it affects your life. And it's like, I still got the, the idea that it was like, I have to make those things go away so that mm-hmm. people can function. So even in psychology, you know, that being the point, it's like, I just, I feel like in general, we have this idea that we're not supposed to feel negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the first time I ever thought about the idea that negative emotions could be useful was when I began to follow Byron Katie. Um, and I was telling Kisa earlier, like I had this whole ray up on Byron Katie who I love, but I'm not going to go into that here. So you should <laughs> definitely Google her and look up her work. Um, but what she does is she has you explore quote unquote turnarounds to your thoughts. Um, there's a lot more to it, but this one part of it really makes you think about um, the opposite. So if your thought was right, Kisa and I are always talking about write down your thoughts Mm-hmm. You take your thought, and if your thought was something like, I don't want to feel disappointed, so at the end of this exercise that Byron Katie has you do, you would look at the thought, I do want to feel disappointed. Mm. You kind of take a look at that, like, okay, what if I like, what if I sit with this idea and open, like, kind of like let my mind expand to allow for the possibility that I do actually want to feel disappointed, right? And then you, you look at all of the reasons why you might want to feel disappointed. And yeah. after a lot of exercises, it was clear that if I wasn't willing to feel disappointed, I wasn't willing to push myself. And so it's the same idea with exercise, right? If you want to build muscles and get stronger, there's a discomfort that comes right? Like if exercise was like super comfortable, we'd all just do it all the time. Right? <laughs> Everybody would be walking around with huge muscles. And- right? Like if it was super comfortable, but the truth is you're going to be out of breath. Your muscles mm-hmm. are going to ache. Like things are mm-hmm. going to hurt. You're going to like have real weird thoughts go on sometimes. And, you know, it's something we are willing to experience and even look forward to experiencing because oh, yeah. of the other side of that discomfort is a stronger body. Mm-hmm. Right? So the same is true when it comes to emotions. There is a long list of emotions I used to go to great lengths to uh, avoid experiencing. Mm-hmm. So like shame, fear, embarrassment, boredom, judged, betrayed, rejected, lonely, isolated. Mm-hmm. Right? Like those even just reading them, I'm like, yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> no. Right? Like I wanted to follow my dreams, but I didn't want to feel lonely while doing so. Right? And like I wanted to speak up, but I didn't want to feel judged or rejected while speaking up. And the truth is that big things, big moves, big changes, they often come with great, big, painful emotions. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You know, I can't think of one important moment in my life that wasn't accompanied by like a quote unquote negative emotion, you know? Yeah. Um, And so one of my new mantras has become, I am willing to experience fill in the blank, right? In order to grow. I'm willing to experience disappointment in order to grow. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to experience uh, betrayal in order to grow. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm willing to experience loneliness in order to grow. 
I like that, Mary. That's pretty powerful. Um, yeah, because like, and, and we'll go through some examples, right? Uh, we'll talk about just some of the places, and I'm sure the listeners, while we're going through them, can think of examples in their own lives, right? And Kisa, you mm-hmm. probably have some of your own, mm-hmm. where these really, really important and and super life-changing experiences in my life came with really, really painful emotions with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like moving to Hawaii. <laughs> I, yeah. I was trying to think yes. if I'd ever been on a plane before moving <laughs> to Hawaii, and I don't think I was. I don't think I really? ever flew before going to Hawaii. <laughs> I wow. can't remember a plane trip. I'm going to have to ask my mom because yeah. I, I still – I'm. Listen, guys, I'm going to be 40 in six days, and I still got to ask my mom everything. Um, so, but like moving to Hawaii, right? Huge amount of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like moved with a suitcase, so much fear, so much uh, unknown. And on the other end of it, right, it was like living in paradise for 13 years, mm-hmm. meeting Kisa and some of my other best friends that I'll ever meet. You know, all of yeah. that was in Hawaii. Um. Seeing my first therapist, this was a big one. It took me so long to go. So much shame and embarrassment, right? I am a therapist and we have this stigma that we're supposed to be put together, right? Like I'm supposed to have my shit together so that I can help other people. But the truth is that's not how it works. You know, we are just humans. And the, the emotions of shame and embarrassment kept me from seeing my own therapist for so long. Um you know, but I finally pushed myself to go anyway. And opening up to someone and telling them you have a problem is terrifying. It's embarrassing. It's vulnerable, but like, you can't trade that in. Right. That started my whole, I say real healing process. Right. Cause before that I was like exploring like food and fitness and those things. Right. But when I really allowed myself to talk to somebody about my emotions, mm-hmm. that's priceless. Yeah, for sure. Um, this one, I always laugh about this one. Cutting my hair, you guys, when we're, when we're teens, right? All right. Yeah. So there's a moment in my life that I remember very clearly. I was a mm-hmm. teenager. My mom loved long hair. I don't know what this is about, Kisa. I don't know. Is it, is it a mom thing? Moms really love their kids' hair. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah, I think it might be a mom thing because I love my daughter's hair and I never want her to cut it. Right. It's, and like, I love that. I love that so much. You know, I've met a lot of moms who just like love their kids hair and my mom, like, so I was in high school now. Right. And my mom really loved my long, really like I have really straight hair. Yeah. And the problem was I hated it. Like I just, I couldn't style it in a way I liked. I like people learn how to braid their own hair. I couldn't braid my own hair. Mm. I couldn't like style it. I couldn't even put it up in like a good ponytail. I just kind of never, like my hair was really fine and it would always be bumpy and lumpy and I just hated it and it didn't fit my personality. Mm. So right before my sophomore year of high school, I went and like, I got it chopped off, like just chin length, <laughs> all of my wow. hair. That's bold. Uh, and it was so, like, it was, it was so freeing. It was like mm-hmm. the first time I looked in the mirror and thought that the person that looked back at me was me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when you have that moment, you're like, Ooh, right. I like that. I like the way yeah. that looks. I like me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the price was, I knew I was <laughs> going to be facing my mom's wrath. The wrath of your mother. <laughs> yes. The wrath of a mother who loves their children's <laughs> long locks. <laughs> right. 
oh, and I experienced so much shame and mm-hmm. disappointment in myself for disappointing my mom. Yeah. She loved my hair. And I had terror, like real fear and terror for whatever was on the end of that wrath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't know what like the punishment was going to be. Um, I felt really lonely and isolated because my mom actually ignored me and gave me the silent treatment for a full week. Like zero yeah. talking like the kind where you'd walk into a room and she'd be like <sighs> and look away <laughs> i love my mom now but like that i remember yeah being like memorable really, moment really like devastated um mm-hmm. and pretty traumatized like i remember it super clearly but uh i wouldn't trade it for anything you know yeah so worth it so worth all of that yeah definitely Yeah. So I was just, you know, thinking about things that I, you know, have done that were, you know, hundred percent completely worth it. But yeah, there was like these negative feelings and that went along with it. And, um, one of them was like running a marathon. Oh, your marathon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just training for it. You know, like how uncomfortable was I like just, having to get up early, like the training was like at like 6am on a Sunday morning, you know, and I had to drive 45 minutes to get there, you know? So it's like up at, you know, early, you know, just like, I mean, yeah, some people love running. I get that, but I was not one of those people. Like I wanted to run a marathon just because it was like this thing, you know, it was like a physical goal I had for myself. And you know, just training for it was uncomfortable. And then of course, like the fear of like, well, Mm. what if I can't finish it? Like what's going to happen if I can't finish it? And you know, all these thoughts come up, but of course, like, you know, what I felt when I did finish it was just like, you know, that accomplishment and just like that confidence you get in yourself. It's like, well, if I can run a marathon, I can do anything. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's such a good point. I think marathons are like the epitome. I think people do even longer than marathons. I don't know what those are called. Those like. That's the ultra running. Yeah. Ultra running. Yeah. But like once you go past a half marathon, I think like the length, the distance of your practice runs. Mm -hmm. And let's be clear, folks, I have not run a marathon. Because I watched Pisa run a marathon <laughs> and decided to take it off my checklist. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, no, thank you. Um, she, she just saw my face as I was running. <laughs> I was like, like that no, looks so no. worth it. And no, thank you. <laughs> um, oh my but yeah, so much effort. And I am yeah. sure, you know, I wasn't with you on those practice runs, but I'm sure it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, another one is having a baby. Like any of y'all out there who've had a baby, (laughs) um, I know there's some people who just, you know, I just love being pregnant and Mm -hmm. love having their baby. I was not one of those people. Mm -hmm. I was so uncomfortable when I was pregnant. I was, um, I was sick. Um, and then of course, like there's that fear of like the delivery, like, yeah what is this going to be like? Cause I never experienced it in my life. And there's of course, like all these, like, you know, people, other people's experiences of the pain and, you know, complications mm-hmm. and everything. But of course it is a hundred percent completely worth it because you get this little baby at the end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who, like grows up into like 
an actual person. No. So, and like, you know, brings joy to your life. So of course it's a hundred percent completely worth it, but you have to go through that uncomfortableness, that fear and pain and whatever, um, to get that baby. And then another one, um, please don't laugh, but getting married. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, really? That's a good point. Like, I mean, I, like, Mm -hmm. I knew it was what I wanted to do, right? I'm not, I wasn't forced into this at all by any means, but of (laughs) course there's like, (laughs) let's be clear. Um, but of course, like you are making a huge decision yeah. and there's like the skepticism, like, what if this doesn't work? What if this is not the right decision? Fear of what it's going to be like once you actually get married and like you've made this commitment yeah. So, and yeah. And then, I think, right. Like you can go through the list of all of those things, right. Like where it's this, mm-hmm. like getting married, buying a house, selling a house, yeah. moving, getting a new job, mm-hmm. um, you know, changing career is really hard for yeah. some people, but so worth it. You know, when you're not in the career you're meant to have, like he said, yeah. you're like, you're coaching now. You're not, you're yeah. not teaching. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. And that was definitely, I mean, it wasn't easy to do. It was definitely scary. Yeah. (laughs) Like what if this doesn't work? Especially because you went from like teaching, which is, you know, very much like the, like there's a a formula to it. You know, there's a security to it. There's Mm -hmm. like all of the things that come with it and you did it. Yeah. No, that's, it's hard to move away from. That's so cool. It's, it's freeing though. Even though, like you say, there is such security in Mm-hmm. Like having a regular paycheck and whatever health insurance and benefits. Yep. But like that didn't really make me feel secure, you know, like, yeah, like it was just so freeing not having that and like, you know, walking away from teaching. So. Yeah. And Kisa was just, you know, before we started, was just talking about like how much like zero stress for the job right now. Right. You know, and when you think about that, the security, right. That feeling of security, that's a strong one. And the fear that when you leave your current position or job or career that like you won't have security. Right. And that case Mm -hmm. is like no stress. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I don't have that stress. What? Uh, What was I so scared of? Oh my gosh. So (laughs) worth it. Right. The fear and doing it anyway. That's so good. Yeah. Um, So, you know, this, one of my most read and responded to newsletter emails, um, it, you know, I have a a newsletter, you can sign up for it. Um, It was about how in my marriage, this was, you know, I think like two years ago, I wrote this, like sex had become like a chore, right? And Mm -hmm. that I didn't know anything about what I wanted in life and definitely in the bedroom. And that resulted in trying to please everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um. Sex is not a thing I talk about a whole lot, (laughs) you know, like that's not, there are therapists who like sex is like totally super comfortable. I'll talk about it with people in therapy. Right. But like, this is one of my more, a little bit more, you know, embarrassed when it comes to talking about sex, especially my own sex life. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was like super embarrassing and terrifying, but like, I just, I've gotten really used to following my intuition and writing about it, it was the most responded to email I ever sent out, you Mm -hmm. know, just so many women who responded that said that they were experiencing the same thing, right? Because yeah, 
as healthcare professionals, you know, who that's the majority of the people on my list, we are givers and tend to be people pleasers because we can, we're sensitive and we can read what other people want very well. We don't always know what we want. And so like the amount of responses I got that this was a common thing, I was like, damn, you know, if I had let my embarrassment or my like, my fear that people were going to laugh at me or like think I was weird for writing about sex, you know, I wouldn't have helped anybody. So I'm glad, really glad that I sent that one out. Got a good conversation started. And then let's just say like hard conversations in general. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anybody here? Conflict avoidance? Yeah. Um, Right here. Raising my hand, raising both hands. Right. It's like, what what do we think is going to happen? (laughs) anybody anybody out there not bring up difficult conversations like my life will end mary i know we get so afraid and i mean you know and not to make light of it this is definitely something that with people in therapy like there's a lot to it Mm -hmm. right a lot of times there's some trauma behind it or like intense fear of losing connection with our tribe you know like it's this very primitive like i'll get kicked out of the tribe kind of a feeling Mm, yep. um, which is safety, security, like terrifying kind of um, mm-hmm. emotions. But we, there's so many things we avoid um, bringing up because it might result in like an argument, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, right. The question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm just going to go over like five kind of tips, really kind of like steps, right? Things to to do to help you get started in feeling those quote unquote negative, painful emotions. So number one, notice, right? First and foremost, what emotions do you in particular feel unbearable? Um, I'm going to include a link to a feelings worksheet in the show notes. It's just one. I mean, I literally Googled it, so you don't have to go to the show notes. You could just Google. Um, I like to put in feelings, um, or emotions list. And then Mm, yeah, there's dozens, right. At least that pop up with like tons of different emotion words. So either go to the one that I shared or, um, just go Google it and look at all of those emotions and just put it like a little mark next to the ones that you tend to avoid, right. The ones that you're like, no, 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 no. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I'll do anything not to feel that. Um, be willing to include any of the, the quote unquote positive ones. Um, cause sometimes that's true for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one of my people that I work with really like joy is too intense. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the, the emotions in any intensity on either side feel like too much. And so they do it. They have a lot of buffering activities when, super fun events happen, which is interesting. It's like, it feels like too much. Um, so don't edit yourself. Right. So it might be all negative ones, but you might have a couple of positive ones in there that you're like, Ooh, that one's a little, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, so just pay Mm -hmm. attention. And then two, always write, write it down journal, write about what experiences have kept yourself. Have you kept yourself from because you aren't willing to feel the emotions you marked, right? So is there something right now or in the past that you really want that you've been putting off because of these emotions? 
Um, so number three, be very specific. Make a list. What is the thing you want? And what is the emotion that you don't want to feel, right? And you might have one big thing. You might have a bunch of small things, right? Even down to like, don't want to talk to my husband about whose turn it is to wash the dishes because emotion, okay? Mm-hmm. And then number four, ask yourself if you are willing to change. Are you willing to feel the emotion of embarrassment or judgment if it comes with finally taking that pole dancing class? Um, Are you willing to experience disappointment? And I always say disappointment like in yourself because you've disappointed somebody else, right? Like when we feel, when we think we're disappointed because other people are disappointed, right? It's just because that's our own emotion. Anyway, Mm -hmm. are you willing to experience disappointment to end that relationship or quit that job? Um, Are you willing to experience shame on the way to a therapist's office? Are you willing to experience judgment, shame, or embarrassment on your walk to put your toes in the sand and your body in the ocean in a fabulous bikini like we just talked about on the last podcast? Right? Is it worth it for that final experience that you get to have with Mm -hmm. those emotions on the way? And if you are, right, if you're willing to experience these emotions, number five is to practice allowing emotions. And we've talked about this before. We did a whole episode on how to experience and allow your emotions instead of resisting them. That's episode number 14. Um, But real quick summary, when you begin to feel the emotion, stay present, right? It means don't, uh, you know, go to the fridge. Don't take a, you know, not the taking a bath when you're not feeling good is a problem, right? But like in this moment, we're just like, what does this feel like? Don't distract yourself from the feeling. Mm -hmm. And then define what it feels like in your body, right? Is it like a tightness in your chest, a tingling in your fingertips, butterflies in the stomach? What physical sensations are you feeling with that emotion, right? And then you just let yourself sit with it, sit with it and allow yourself to experience those physical sensations and breathe. And then eventually notice what it feels like when, when that emotion has kind of like, feels like it passes through you almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's all. So I hope you're willing, I hope you're willing to get the, to get the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to add Mary, um, and this is one thing I noticed when I started like allowing those negative emotions and allowed allowed myself to feel them is that the positive emotions, the ones that I wanted to feel like those became more intense as well. And Mm. I was able to enjoy those as more, you know, more. Right. Um, so I feel like it was almost like I was just like allowing myself to feel not only the negative, but the positive just became Mm -hmm. like more intense and vibrant. And it was just, you know, worth it. It's just another thing to kind of like look forward. And like, I know like when I'm, when I'm experiencing a negative feeling, I know that it's, you know, like this negative feeling only lasts for so long and there's going to come a time when I'm going to feel like an intense positive emotion that I want to feel. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's like when we allow for emotions, we allow for all of the emotions. Yeah. It helps us feel all the good ones too. Yeah. And, you know, back to, like, I was talking about this before a little bit, um, you know, just thinking about one of my clients recently, who's, you know, 
previously had been doing work to reduce, um, we'll just, we'll say it's a, a buffering behavior, right? We'll just call it drinking. Cause that's one that a lot of people can relate mm-hmm. to. Right. So when they're feeling stressed, they would drink more. And then when they tried to reduce drinking, their stress increased. And so with the previous therapist, they were trying to reduce their stress so they wouldn't drink. Mm. What I was telling her was, what if it was okay if you were stressed mm-hmm. and you just let yourself be stressed out and you kind of allowed it to happen and you didn't feel like you had to escape it by drinking? Like, what if it was just okay to feel disappointed or ashamed, right? What if, what if those experiences were okay? Then we don't have to make life easy and make all the negative emotions go away so that your drinking stops. Yeah. I love that. She was like, oh, let me try. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see what happens when I do that. Right. Like how many times do we try to quit a thing or stop a thing? And we're like, okay, well then I got to like make my life easy. So I'm not stressed. So I don't do the thing. And it's like, what if it was just okay if your life was stressful sometimes? Mm -hmm. Because that means you're doing hard stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right, friends. That's all we've got for you today. Thank you so much for being awesome as always and listening in. And I'm very grateful. I was cursing quite a bit before this <laughs> oh, podcast started. Curse, recording. I know. I really, I really kept it in. I kept in the passion. <laughs> um, definitely tune into our next episode. Keys and I are thinking about maybe sharing some of our favorite teachers and influencers because, you know, yeah. we talk a lot about, uh, you know, some of these people, some of these teachers who have taught us so much. And we want to share a little bit about that. Yeah. If you'd like to know more about us, if you have any questions, any comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group for this podcast. Um, you can also contact me. I always laugh because I've got this written in here to go to my website and I literally clicked on it the other day and it like doesn't exist. So don't go really? to my website. <laughs> yeah, it's like under construction, I think it says. It's a thing. It's a thing. This well, is not my favorite part of business. But guys, I you, listen, Mary. I can do hard things. It's true. Yeah. One of these podcasts for our listeners that have shown up to, you know, been with us for a while. One of these days I'm going to get on here and I'm going to tell you to go to my website again. Yeah. It's going to be very exciting. But for now, just, just <laughs> find me on Facebook, could you? Yeah. Um, and then Kisa, you can find at her website at www.kisaamaro.com. That's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. Awesome. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. You know, we really want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible. And we need your help to get our message out. And if you enjoy this show, we would love it. If you would leave us an honest review on iTunes, it bumps us up so people can find it without knowing us. Simply go to iTunes, search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews, and then click on write a review. Five stars. Five stars. Right. That's An it. honest five-star review. Honest five stars. <laughs> <laughs> we love oh, you all. Man. Okay. Bye. Bye.